Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Friday, September 10th, 2021, and today's episode is brought to you by the Lockdown NHL podcast. Who are this season's top 50 players? Find out on the Lockdown NHL podcast. Joe DiBiase, Mike DiStefano, and Rachel Donner reveal the top 50 players as voted on by our local experts across the Lockdown NHL network of podcasts. Today is a finale. They're counting down players 10 to one, you aren't going to want to miss it, so go check that out. Lockdown NHL podcast on YouTube and turn your notifications on so that you never miss an episode. Uh, we are going to do a clip show today. Not necessarily a clip show, but more of a, a larger clip uh, from the Pancakes and Prospects special that was alluded to on yesterday's episode with Tony Ferrari. If you haven't listened to that one already, go check it out. Uh, but basically, shortly after the draft, we recorded a two and a half hour uh, special with Sam McGilligan. Uh, Will Scouch and Mikhail Holmes, some of our favorite draft experts. Uh, and we just went through the Red Wings draft as well as getting into some expectations for next season. I think with the prospect tournament uh, roster coming out and, and things like that, it'd be a good day to run it, especially since we had Tony on yesterday. He was supposed to be on this episode. Uh, so it just made sense from that standpoint. If you haven't checked out the full episode or if you like this uh, little taste, little teaser, and you decide that you want to check out the whole thing, go check it out on YouTube. Just search Locked On Red Wings. We should come up. Pancakes and Prospect, a Detroit Red Wings special. Detroit Red Wings Prospect special. Film while eating pancakes. So go check that out. Uh, so we are going to be playing the mailbag portion of that episode today. So enjoy. And we'll see you back here on Tuesday. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. So we have a question here from Adam Flett. He said, at a guess, how many prospects uh, that we currently have are debuts this next season and how many next season? So I don't know if you guys would, you know, are, are familiar with the, the pipeline enough to be able to answer this, but. That's, yeah, um, outside of like the obvious names, like Lucas Raymond and Maureen Sider can play NHL hockey next year. Lucas Raymond might stand to benefit a year of utterly dominating the SHL just for the sake of being the guy utterly dominating the SHL and the unique experience that brings you, but he is ready to be an impact player in the NHL and will likely still be reach his ceiling all the same because he's Lucas Raymond. <laughs> and that's the end of that argument. Uh, Maurice Sider is definitely NHL ready like that. He, the kid's next step is to come over and to kick ass and he is going to come over and kick ass. Uh, beyond that, um, just at a quick glance, like, does anybody? Let me jump in here real quick about Lucas Raymond because I think there's a weird thing going on in like the Red Wings fan base right now, where like Lucas Raymond is that dude, but also nobody wants to see him in the NHL. Like everybody's like, no, no, not possible. I don't. No, no, no. AHL. He's going to the AHL for like they're so certain of it. He'll it's be like fine in the NHL. I don't existence. know. He's really good, man. Like, he's really good. And, like, he's really good in the things that you normally want to see developed out of a fourth overall player. Like, his off-puck play, his defensive game, his whole his whole uh, concept of 
two-way play is exactly what we said earlier. It's just the pressure, the tracking, the puck pursuit. It's just like... Which is what the Red Wings value more than really anything else amongst their forward group. Yeah, and he's already got it all. Like, he's got all of it. Really, and it, like, complements his offensive game and gives him the chance to consistently create the conditions that he's comfortable with offensively. And when he's in those conditions, he's extremely good at creating dangerous chances. Uh, he's really good. I had him third over. And like, I love Lucas Raymond. I could talk about Lucas Raymond for to the end of the day. I would have had, I would have taken him first this year. Like he's yeah, no. NHL ready, whether or not he, he could stand to just, dominate a league for a year just for the sake of dominating a league for a year. I mean, it doesn't hurt development. So, well, I'm going to, the issue issue with yeah. the SHL is that Frölunda has a team that they have stocked up with a shit ton of forwards this season. So True. even, th- even though how good Lucas Raymond is and how, how high we all value him, Frölunda is a team that needs to focus on their own uh, development yeah. and not, uh, not the development of a kid that is owned by an NHL team. So I think he would have it tough in the SHL only because of that, not because of his talent, but because the Frölunda would limit his ice time. That's fair. And he, so I think, I think you just put him in the NHL, play him the nine games, see how he does, mm-hmm. and then and then you can just move him down to the AHL and yeah. that's the if, so like give him the nine games. And I think I think he will do he will do good. He will do really good. So and, like, and he is coming over next year. I don't know if yeah. that, if you guys were aware yeah. of that yeah. for sure. Yeah, that. I the way I see it with him is I mean I think Lucas Raymond is an AHLer right now. I don't want to put too much on his shoulders. Like you look at like yeah he's he's only play, he only played like fourteen and a half minutes a night last year. I'm just looking it up now, and that's not a ton of ice time. Um, and he was a net positive possession player. But like you look at the guys that are a D plus one and that have scored at the same rate that he has. And again, this is very rudimentary, but you know, he's along the lines of like an Isaac Lundestrom, Marcus Davidson, Mika Zibanejad. I mean, that's a good one, but like Jakob Vrana, Andreas Janssen. So in terms, he's not blowing the doors off of the SHL and yes, he's playing with Frölunda and like that factors in, but like he's even behind guys like Samuel Fogamo in his draft is draft plus one year. Um, Kevin Fiala, Leah Anderson, guys like William Nylander were a point per game in the SHL in their D plus one, Nicholas Backstrom as well. So I'm not jumping to conclusions about him right away being an NHL player, but I do think he'll get a cup of coffee, like Mikhail said, and you can see how he does. But I think in the AHL, like you don't want to rush him too much too fast before him being capable of actually being Lucas Raymond in the NHL. So mm. I feel like the AHL makes more sense. But I do think that when I look at the Detroit Red Wings, like Moritz Sider almost certainly, and I believe even Steve Eiserman has confirmed as much that he'll be an NHL player next year. Um, I think Joe Valeno probably will earn his way into the NHL lineup finally. Um, I think the dark horse that I actually really like is Jonathan Bergeron. Mm-hmm. Um, who is a guy who I think finally has stayed healthy long enough and finally figured out how to project his fast and sp- speedy game sort of into the SHL. And it really paid off this year. He was great. And uh, he was a guy that I was a huge fan of that year in, in 2018. And um, I could, I could see him getting not just a cup of coffee, but like earning a job, mm-hmm. even as like a third line guy who can chip in offensively because he is another one of those guys like Nils Hoglander who has tons and tons of skill and tons and tons of offense, but also the style of play where it's like, you can also trust them to 
have the talent to play defensively as well. And I think he's finally bringing his game on both sides of the puck up to the level it should be or could be because he is an extremely talented player, like fundamentally, Mm -hmm. but but just rounding out his game and like getting stronger was important and staying healthy, especially. And now that he's kind of done that, that that's a guy where I could see like low key sneaking his way into the NHL um, and, and getting a chance. And outside of that, I mean, those are the two guys that jump off the page to me as potential NHL guys. Uh, maybe Gustav Lindstrom cements a, a depth spot or something. Um, Jared McIsaac might be able to earn like he, a he's been hurt a lot. Spot, yeah, he, yeah, he, like he, that's just a big maybe. And he's other kind than of that, poised for a Bergeron type year though, because like he he got drafted and people were really high on him. Then he got hurt. Then he got hurt again. And then yeah, and and. Just kind of became a guy who just kind of fell behind and and was just less favorable in a very similar way to which Bergen did. And then all of a sudden it was the Bergen height train, you know, just out of out of nowhere, just uh was back full force and and rolling again. Yeah. He's played 39 games in two seasons. Like there's no way he's playing in the NHL. There's no way. Jeremy has only played 39 games in two seasons. Yeah. Uh he played 29 in 2019, 20 and eleven last year. Oh yeah. So and none of them were NHL surgery. games. Yeah, he had. No, no he had like, wow, his development's a lot further behind than I initially yeah, I anticipated. Okay, I'm gonna take that one back. Yeah, Ber- Bergeron's the guy that I think is I up st- there. I agree that Ray- everything else. I think those are like the only players you could reasonably expect. I, I even with Raymond, I agree he still would be better off like playing in the AHL and just like learning to be the guy driving play like you want him to be as a fourth overall player. I don't think he'd be lost in the NHL. Um, but I don't know. There's no reason just to rush him, I guess. No. Yeah. Like, there's no reason to rush him. But yeah. I don't think – I think he's so talented and he plays such a smart, advanced, sophisticated game for a winger that, like, he's one of the f- players where you might rush him by putting him in, but I imagine he finds his way regardless just because he's Lucas Raymond and he's really good at hockey. Mm-hmm. But, like – you can't go wrong with a year in the AHL. Like he'll probably have a really, 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 really fun AHL year to watch if he went down there. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and mega contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% whoa, no, 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKDOWN. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. So they used to give out 50%. Now it's 100%. Now you're getting the best bonuses from BetOnline.ag when you were already getting the best bonuses from BetOnline.ag before. What are you waiting for? From basketball, football, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKDOWN for a 100% welcome bonus when you make your first deposit at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. 
It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to ever buy a device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Penalty over. Out of the box and wide open. In the clear. We're on in. He scores! What a way to join the Red Wings! Serving at too many men on the ice. He puts the Red Wings in front. Two to one with his first in the wing wheel. He's also like one of these players where you have these intangibles where he goes out in a as an underage or at the under 18 and just dominates the entire tournament, scoring a hat trick in the final and stuff like that. Yeah. Like he, he just thrives when he he's pushed to do something. So, and that's very intangible and very like, just like, oh, we'll, we'll see how, how it goes. But, but he has those, that mentality and just like the, the head on his shoulders that is going to be, he can just go out there and don't care that it's the NHL and just provide and that's kind of why I have confidence that he'll make the team. Like there was a quote that came out the other day. It was like, do you hope to make the NHL? He said, yes. Otherwise I would be going over there. You know, yeah, like, I saw that. And I was just like, God, I love you. Oh, yeah. I got the chills, you know, like, I mean, yeah. and, and I just think like you go, you, you take a person with his pedigree and like the, the, the things that, um, Hakan Anderson said about him there. I, I think it was on the, uh, elite prospects pod with, or EP ringside with, jd burke and he was on there and he was like the sweden's coach in that tournament after they got covid whoever stepped in was like thank god for lucas raymond because he was my assistant coach for that entire tournament you know like you just look at the maturity and then you look at the fact that the two-way game is kind of at the forefront of what makes him a special player and i just think for the red wings organization like i said they value that more than really anything else and so if he shows up to camp and he is far and away the best two-way player out of Valeno, Berggren, you know, whoever. Which he probably will be. Which he probably will be. I think he makes a team. And I think that people right now are kind of, they have this in their head that that Berggren's point production is ahead of Raymond. So he's ahead of Raymond in general, which I can't speak to one way or the other. Uh, but, and then they he's kind of two assume years older. That, well, <laughs> yeah, 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 like... But they kind of assume it'll be one or the other because they're they have it in their mind that oh Giovanni Smith is getting a roster spot next year, which he very well could be. But it, it, it's this weird thing right now where it's either Bergeron or Raymond, and I don't think that's the case to be quite honest. Point production no. just allows for those. It's very easy to just look at who's scoring more points, going he's closer to being the NHL. But it, it like there's so many details beyond that. There's so much like nuance to it. I don't know. I mean, I could certainly listen to the argument that Jonathan Berger is a more effective player. I can't really comment on it too much because I didn't see too much of him this year. I just like him as a hockey player and thought he mm-hmm. was hella good when I caught his highlights or something. And I was like, oh, wow, look at that. He really is coming along. But I mean, like, yeah, sorry, finish. No, that's really all. Like, I just don't really know much about how close Jonathan Berger is or the details about his game to see how well they currently project, just that he's caught up on his development but i don't know if i'm ready to make the claim that like he's closer i don't i i not lucas raymond i i would not be like if i would still gamble on him being a more effective nhl player like raymond being a more effective nhl player next year and i i feel like because the maybe 
not maybe most attractive part of Bergman's game is like the offense. And he just got done playing in the SHL with this big ice surface. He's a guy who likes to play on the perimeter. You know, I wonder if there's a kind of obvious advantage to him going to the AHL to kind of see if that style of game still works and then just kind of, kind of mold his game from there on North American ice. Like, I, I feel like that is probably better for him than Raymond ultimately. Yeah, potentially. I mean, that's the th- like. I'm just looking at Detroit's cap friendly page, and there, there, there's ten. There's oh, it's 10, friendly. Yeah, it's always oh, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's ten there's ten contract slots allotted to forwards now, and that includes Philip Zadina. So, and judging by that, I mean, I could see all these guys playing in the NHL. Like one of them is Jakub Vrana, Adam Ernie. I guess you could see him in the NHL. Mitchell Stevens, but like you could see a guy like Lucas Raymond, like that leaves two, at least two forward slots open. And to me, if the names that are on the, on the board, there is Valeno, Raymond, Berggren, and like Taro Hirose, Riley Barber, like those guys to me are guys that there could be a legitimate, you know, competition there. But I also think that all three of those guys could work their way onto the roster anyway. And we're just talking about splitting airs here and they all just make it because like what they have to beat out, Adam Ernie yeah, for a job. He's like, <laughs> he's okay, like as a role player and like depth guy, but you he can was probably be the scorer last year until Wait, Jacob Verona got on the team. Was he seriously? He was uh, until we traded for, for Verona. He was the leading goal scorer on the team. Yes. Oh my God in heaven. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you, he ended guys, the season as have, the most. Like, if you guys want any sort of idea as to what oh we've been God. going through over these last couple of years, <laughs> Adam Ernie leading the Red Wings in scoring. He had, as, like, as, very distant <laughs> he had as many goals as Anthony Mantha. What the hell? He sure did. What happened? Sure did. Oh my God! What is happening? <laughs> all right, how did Montreal get swept Adam by Ernie. the Red Wings? Adam Ernie. And Adam we Ernie will never let you forward. forget it. Ever. No, you should. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm never going to let Will forget that the Habs came back off a 3-1 deficit of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh-huh. Oh, I, oh, I won't forget either. Don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, funny, like... People argue that if like they should put Giovanni Smith ahead of Lucas Raymond. Like, Lucas Raymond is for the top two lines. Yeah. He's going to yeah. play, play with Dylan Larkin or, yeah. like, Jack Vrana or Pip Sadina. He's going to play with one of those. Giovanni Smith is not going to it's not going to fight for those positions. It's two different yeah. two different spots and well, like I think it's just the, a matter of who are you taking out, you know? Because, Franz Nielsen. Yeah, well, they, <laughs> we're going to take him out, all right. No, Hopefully, hopefully a cap out. I don't know. <laughs> Pancakes are good. Yeah, still <laughs> <laughs> so too good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't, uh, I don't know. We got a uh, we got another question here. This one comes to us from uh, DRW. Got next. Okay. When is when is the fastest time Kosa can be a legit goalie from this team? Is it a five year development situation, or will he be like Carter Hart? I know oh, there's okay. no way of knowing, but typically when Flip you draft a goalie this high, is there an ideal timeline? I mean, look at what happened to Carter Hart, though. Yeah, you know, stick him in the NHL when he's 20 and just blast him full of minutes and good luck, you know. Um I don't know. I mean, Sebastian Costa, the good thing about him that is a check mark for me is his track record. He's been like a 920 goalie at least every single year since he was like 12. So, 
to me, that means that you can expect that to sustain itself, I guess. I don't expect him in the NHL. Like the last player that I draft that I would ever pressure as a goaltender mm -hmm. to make the NHL. It's like all the only, if I had my way, the NHL goaltenders on my team would, I would never know who's going to start a net for my team unless I have someone for sure that I can bank on. And so for him, could it be two years from now? Maybe. Uh, I could see him being like a two or three, like three years from now. And, mm -hmm. and maybe at 21, they play him in the AHL and he's still a rock star. Like I'm always, always, always a fan of be playing cautious with development, develop, developing prospects, like bring them along one step at a time. Like don't mm -hmm. skip a level unless you absolutely think like that, you know, you've got something there. Like the NHL to me, I don't know if any of you agree with me on this, whether you're Sam, Michael, Michael, or, or, or whoever. It's like the NHL is in a league of its own, literally. Like it's, yes. it's there is no, you, the it's NHL not a development is, league. No, it is so hard now. Like, again, we just saw Alexi Lafreniere score at like a 20 point pace or 25 point pace after scoring at 150 point pace last They're year. They're so the good NHL. in the QMJHL. So you have a guy coming in who's like a hot shot world junior championship you know, thing, you know, think of it's, it's so easy to come into the NHL and be not overrated, but overmatched. And the last thing you want is your young goaltender doing that. And, and even if they get off to a bit of a hot start, like you never know. And so mm -hmm. to me with prospect development, I always think about it as like, all right, let's bring the guy along until they're not just comfortable in the league we drafted them from, but like high end. And then, okay, let's move them up a little bit and then play patiently with that step and bring them into the American Hockey League. Or um, if it is the NCAA, see how they play in the NCAA and then bring them over to the American League after that. And then from there, you kind of go from there. Um, but again, it's it can be so hard. It can also come down to so much to the individual. Mm -hmm. If I, if I, you know... <laughs> I just don't know. And it's, and it's so hard to know from an outsider's perspective because it also just depends on like how much do the coaches trust him. And I don't know, I don't even know who's going to be coaching Detroit when Sebastian Cosa comes around mm -hmm. and is ready to play. Right. Like there's so much uncertainty. And I think it's just like, I don't know, you just might have to have a patchwork of goaltenders for a couple of years who aren't bad. And then, or you have Nadelkovic and, <laughs> and then when Kosa's ready, free. you kind of dump him, him in. Yeah. You got him for nothing. So I don't know, is the short answer to that to that question, and I don't think anybody does for sure. With all the different number of makes and models out there, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need in the traditional chain storefront. Why would you endure pointless, seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry when you have access to computers with rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money with rockauto.com. You can save 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. Uh, rockauto.com, they're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Before you know it, Christmas is going to be coming up. You're going to be looking at your bank account going, gosh, dang it, I wish I would have fixed my brakes myself instead of taking it to uh, some guy who screwed me out of a bunch of money and uh, I could have just done a better job myself. I don't want that for you. You don't want that for you. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and just write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you? They got a main selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? And when you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. And I mean, who wouldn't be? They got nine delicious ones out right now. If you don't know all of them, you're missing out. 
But good news for you is you can try a mix box. You'll get two of each of their nine flavors. Some of them, we'll list them off here. Coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. If you haven't tried all the flavors, get that mix box. It'll allow you to customize your order next time, know exactly what you want. Spoiler alert, you're not going to not like any of them. Uh, and not only are they the best tasting protein bars on the market, but Built Bar is healthy too. Check out these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to Built.com right now, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Tipped by Rasmussen, gathered back in by the Hurricanes, and they missed you. Here comes Verana. Verana right in on goal back. It scores! What a beauty! Jacob Verana displaying his skills right there to cut the lead in half. Well, and to go off of that point real quick, it just kind of reminds me of playing quarterback in the NFL. Like, to the Carter Hart, you know, when he comes in originally, he's almost too dumb to know what he doesn't know. And you see that with a lot of quarterbacks. Like, they get thrown in there out of nowhere, and they're just, like, running around making plays. They're too inexperienced to realize that they shouldn't be breaking out of the pocket, slinging the ball downfield. And sometimes I feel like you got to, you might see that with a goaltender. And then all of a sudden you get hit from the blind side one time, and then you can't drop back in the pocket without feeling that pressure. And then that messes up everything you are as a player and everything you are as a, as a competitor at that position too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's certainly. And if you're not equipped to, to deal with that mentally, like it doesn't look like Carter Hart was, you do have that, dramatic kind of oh no oh no i used to be i was i'm i'm not i'm supposed to be carter hart you know and that yeah i think that's kind of plays into it too is the expectations of oh no everybody thinks i'm gonna be really good and i suck yeah. right now and there's nothing <laughs> i can do about it yeah you, know? you pretty all i will say on the coast i think is just like you don't ever you do not want to put someone in that situation like you just said during the development path like mm -hmm. if Costa makes it to the NHL because it's like the next step and he still manages to like slip up and get in his head. That's one thing. But if you do it early, you are opening up a realm of possibilities that likely do more harm than good for no reason other than you wanted to say you brought him in the NHL after three years. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You have a good goalie right now. There's no reason to rush this. Let this take as long as it needs. If it takes five years, then it takes five freaking years. Right. And that's the thing, like the the timing of now the, the current goalie situation we have and the age of everyone is, is enough where if he figures it out quickly and does get rushed, that works. And also if it takes five years for him to develop, that works. Yeah. Like it's, it's a perfect like situation. It's, uh, right. for him. So just let it take as long as it takes. Yeah, it, exactly. It's, it's like, he can, no he can advantages be a, to rushing this. Right. He can be a 20 year old backup or he can be a, a 23, even 24 year old starter, like six years from now. Like it's okay. No matter what. Yeah, exactly. Now this past question comes from me. What can we reasonably expect out of Moritz Sider at the NHL level next year? Because Steve Eisenman came out, and I think he put a little bit of a, a nervous tick into a lot of people's throats. He said, if Moritz Sider is not in the top six, he's not going to watch from the press box. And I'm pretty sure that's a smokescreen because, let's be real, uh, Detroit's top six is not good. Uh, <laughs> but what, can, um, what do you think we can reasonably expect? He's not going to carry your defense next year. He's not going to, like – turn out to be the star everyone wants him to be immediately 
he's going to probably take a couple of years. But, like, he's going to be an impact player, I think, right away. Like, how big of an impact that is is kind of hard to say, especially because I don't know what role Detroit's going to use him in. But I don't know. I don't think he's going to be a negative asset out there at all. Like, he's just going to be, like, a solid hockey player who has the room to be a damn really good one. <laughs> like, it just – I feel like a lot of prospects just have unreasonable expectations of what their ceilings are supposed to be versus what their impact is going to be right away because they have top prospect status. Like, out of 100 players, maybe five are actually ready. Mm-hmm. Like, if you opened up – just making this up as I go along – Say you opened up elite prospects, like top 100 affiliated prospects. Every single fan wants their prospects to be like impact players, the way they read in the descriptions that describe their play styles without actually knowing how hard it is to adjust to the NHL. Mm-hmm. It's going to take some time. Doesn't matter who you are. Like, they're Matthews, McDavid, and Eichel are the three who can like get drafted and come over and be amazing. And then there's the occasion like Patterson can, and McCarr can be developed for a couple of years and come over and rock those show from the second they step on the ice. But that's so rare. It's so hard. But it's also been two full years now for most cider playing yeah, in two very different leagues. But none of them were spent in the NHL. So that devel- that adjustment period can still and likely will exist. Mm-hmm. Or he is part of that. Like, top 5%, like 97th percentile behemoth of a hockey player who can just jump into the NHL and be a high, high impact right away. But I'm with Geiserman's method of like just tempering expectations just on the off chance of like, I don't know. There's no benefit to play like in your head, focusing in on the fact that he is a top four defenseman right now, and he will be for the foreseeable future. And if he's anything less, he's disappointing us and overhyped and this and that, like, just don't do that. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Every year that discourse happens. And then two years later, all half of those kids become really good players. And they're just like, well, this is why you shouldn't judge rookies. And then they turn around and judge the next bunch. Someone, someone has Alex Romanov on their favorite team. <laughs> well, I, yeah, this is part of it. It's just like, man, I watched the Romanov hype dream go on for years. I'm like, okay, guys, I've watched them. Whatever you're talking about right now is not Alexander Romanov. Okay. I think um, I agree with everything Sam said. Uh, I also think that Cider is probably the main favorite for the Calder. I can't think of anyone <laughs> else. Caulfield. Oh yeah, Cole Caulfield maybe. Cole Caulfield is going to get killed by Moritz Sider. Yeah, yeah. Sadly. Run into the <laughs> well, sadly, yeah, we'll see. A little, sm- little, little No, but Cole Caulfield is of course a Calder favorite. But I think like Moritz Sider is one of the. I don't know what is it like five six players maybe that can win win yeah, it this year. Absolutely, see right now. So like that could be fun for you. Uh, I don't know like. The way I've understood that Jeff Blassel played a play, had his te- had a team playing last year wasn't uh, it was just defend 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 and hope for the best and win with one win one nothing and or like two nothing with a Philip Ronick open net goal maybe but, <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise it's, uh, otherwise I feel like it's so it depends on how he's going to be utilized because. The, if they're going to play like the just defend, 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 he's not going to get that much. It um, sounds like he's going to, to do be a and it, 
Well, there you yeah, go. Yeah, then he's going to have to take care of assumption. He's going to have to play for two defensemen. <laughs> <laughs> I I'll give my take on Moritz Sider because like he's a guy that was a good lesson for me when I was sort of doing this earlier in my life. Um, mostly because the only time I saw him was at the World Juniors, and that was the Division One A tournament. So I was like, oh yeah, like he looks like a great defenseman here, but like who doesn't? That is a first round pick in the NHL because it's Division One A, but. Um, what I've definitely learned, especially watching him in the SHL last year is like, I don't think you're going to get the offense out of Moritz Sider that people seem to think you're going to get like, obviously 22 points in 49 AHL games at 18 years old. That's impressive. Um, But I think that's like, he might be that 30 point NHL defenseman who has like tremendous analytics. Mm. Like I I've watched him a lot in the SHL this year. And that's, that's a big reason why I don't think he's going to win the Calder, even if he does have a really good year, like, to be a defenseman and win the Calder, you have to be a point measure- producer. Yeah. You have to be measurably good and everybody has to be talking about you all year long and you have to be on highlight reels, I think, and, and really make it, make it apparent that you are the guy on defense. But I don't think he's that type of player. Like every time I've seen him in the SHL, he's just doing the right thing all of the time. Like he is mobile enough combined with his size to pretty much get where he needs to be on the ice at the right time. And his defensive abilities are multi-layered and and really well-refined. And if need be, he can throw you to the ice, you know, but it doesn't, it's not his first instinct to do so. It's just that he can. Mm -hmm. And when he does have the puck again, he's not the most skilled dude, but he knows how to make a pass. He knows how to move the puck around and open up passing lanes and fake guys out. Like he has a little bit of that to his game. It's just not, he doesn't have the dynamic ability of someone like a Quinn Hughes or a Kale McCarr where they'll be out there making points all day. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's more about him. I think he'll step into the NHL and the fact that he's going to play with Nick Letty makes a lot of sense to me. Like just you go out there and that's a good way to support a defenseman who can play a little bit more offensively you adjust carefully to the NHL level. There's no real pressure to dominate in the NHL right away. So just chill out, you know, like play your game. Don't be afraid to make mistakes, but just like stick to your guns and do your thing. Cause defensively is where he's most sound to me. And then turning the game around and moving it offensively. He's also pretty good at it. It's just once the puck is in the offensive zone, he does score points, but it's not necessarily what I'd call a hallmark of his game. Like he's not stepping up in the blue line and, and sending cross ice passes and doing all that stuff a whole lot. When I see him, it's more just working the blue line and, and covering the offensive zone breakouts. So I think that he'll be a guy where real serious fans of, of hockey, like people who watch the minutia and pay attention will really like him because he's just always in the right place at the right time and, and effective. Like he's just really, really, really effective. And uh, that's great. But in terms of like what to expect from him, like I don't think he's going to step into the NHL, score 60 points and win a Norris trophy in his first year at mm-hmm. all. Um, but I do think that what Steve Eiserman hit on was similar. To, it's a similar echo to Simon Edvinson, you know, like where there isn't like the point production is okay. Like it was for Edvinson, like being a half a point per game in the all Svenskan for a defenseman is okay. But what you're looking at is the defensive refinement and the ability to just make the right defensive play and have it 
happen in a way that you think is projectable, which is like leading with your stick, using your mobility to sort of push guys to the outside or to the inside to put them out of their comfort zone, you know, and if you need to throw them to the ice and, you know, get involved in physical play and slider does that as well. So it seems like Steve Eisenman really, really values those type of defensemen because of course you should, right? Like you should have some guys that can play like that. Um, And I think that's what he could step in and do right away. But in terms of, turning the game around offensively at the NHL level is where there might be a little bit more question marks and then actually producing points. But I have no concerns about him being at the very least like a capable second pair defenseman, maybe who can, you know, plug the hole defensively and get the puck to Nick Letty who can kind of move it up the ice a little bit better. So we'll see what happens. I think, I think there's still a really, really, really high ceiling with him, but uh, in terms of just into the NHL, we'll see, but I'm not super concerned. Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 